All right, man, let's get it. Y'all know what time it is. Time to talk about some more Trey Lance, building around Trey Lance. Really, a lot of this offseason is going to be dedicated to him. So uh, how do the current coaching changes help or just affect Trey Lance in any way? We're going to get into all that and more right here on the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. Let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL. You see it, you see it. Every once in a while, I like to show off my ring. Former NFL, AFL, defensive back, Eric Crocker. I might wear this today. And um, and I'm just going to talk like this all day. And today, man, we're, we're getting into, you know, we're going to continue this cycle of how can the 49ers help Trey Lance? What do they have to do to help Trey Lance? Uh, what do the current coaching changes or non-changes, some things that I want to happen, how does that affect Trey Lance? Because at the end of the day, this team, it only goes as far as Trey Lance takes them. All right? I shouldn't say that because <laughs> the team took Jimmy Garoppolo pretty far. The team to get over that hump to what we want is all is all going to be centered around like how do they help Trey Lance? What is you know just the progression of him and everything like that? So we're going to get into all that uh, first. Obviously, if you haven't already, hit the like button, subscribe button, all that good stuff. Make sure you guys uh, subscribe to both the Locked On NFL Draft Show. We're getting to all the draft stuff now. And also locked on 49ers with myself, Brian Peacock. We come at y'all five days a week. All right, so make sure y'all, you know, tune into all that good stuff. You know what I'm saying? You know, we're going to keep it coming, keep it rocking. Numbers are doing great. Shout out to all y'all that listen to locked on 49ers. Um, the week leading up to the NFC Championship game, that was actually the best week of any locked on podcast ever. Most listens, most downloads. Uh, and for a daily podcast, man, we be doing some numbers. You feel we be doing some numbers. So I wouldn't even say for a daily podcast. I would say most people that do a podcast once a week would like to have some of the numbers that we do daily. So shout out to all the listeners of the Locked On 49ers podcast. Make sure you guys continue listening to that with myself, Brian Peacock. Go listen to that now. Subscribe in your iTunes, uh, Apple Music, or whatever, uh, Spotify, all that good stuff, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh you know, we bring a different dynamic. It's different than this. This is more of a radio show. I just get to talk and talk and talk and really get to kind of explain some of my logic or my thinking or maybe illogical thinking, whereas Locked On 49ers is more like structured with myself, Peacock. We get in and out about 30 minutes, 35 minutes. So shout out to all the listeners of that. Obviously, again, Locked On NFL Draft Show, that's that's coming uh it's hitting the ground running right now, too. Numbers shooting up. It's draft time. And it is draft time for the 49ers. But first, I want to talk about some coaching changes. We didn't get into it yesterday because we talked more about the uh, the mock. And I wanted to, like, get into doing mock stuff every Monday. <laughs> yeah. But I will say this about Peters. Uh, uh, Peter. Peter, it's, it's always a battle between the locked-on Packers and locked-on 49ers for the top spot. We'll go on runs of being at the top for uh, several weeks in a row. And then the Packers are going to run and he'll be the top spot for a couple of weeks, depending on what's going on in the news. But um, it's definitely a battle between those two. 
It's not just on the football field between the uh, Packers and 49ers. But there have been some coaching changes, man. And Mike McDaniel, he's leaving. He's leaving the 49ers. Now, listen, y'all. Mike McDaniel is someone who has been with Kyle Shanahan for a long time. That's his right-hand man. And some of the things that makes Kyle Shanahan the genius, right? Everybody talks about Kyle Shanahan being a genius. It's really the run game schemes. It's the run game scheme. Like just how, how he does everything in the run game and schemes it up and just the dynamicness of that and how anybody can kind of get in this offense and, and run well, right? We've we seen that going back to his dad with goddamn Orlandis Gary or somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all remember Mike Anderson, right? What's that name? Mike Anderson? Broncos back in the day? I mean, everybody was getting off. Terrell Davis. Now, TD, obviously Hall of Famer, but it didn't take like, you know, just like special, special, special talent to uh, be productive. There's a lot of the run game schemes and things that works in there, right? So Kyle Shanahan, he has the label as the, the genius. He's this offensive genius. I think it all is predicated around the run game and the run game looks to open up some of the stuff in the passing game. Now, they are very creative with that. I don't think that it's solely a Kyle Shanahan thing. If you listen to the play, you start to listen to what some of these guys are saying about Mike McDaniel. All right, my black brother. <laughs> I'll just be funny. But some of the things that you start to hear about McDaniel, uh, Z, look, he said, why black community hating on McDaniel fam uh, doesn't get it, bro. Um, he don't get it. I don't think they're hating on him. I, th I think it's just, I think it caught a lot of people off guard. I think that. And I think when it comes to like, especially the rule of receiving the uh, multiple draft picks and the minority hire, I think people look at him and I don't think they, I don't want to misspeak or say, or, or, or say what other people are thinking, but I think it's, he, he doesn't look like Brian Flores, right? So, you know, when you think of why this rule was put in place, it's to help guys that look like Brian Flores, you know, get jobs, right? You know, guys like that, right? And with Mike McDaniel, I think because he doesn't look like that, I think people think that the rule isn't intended for him. So the, I think that's why people are a little confused with everything and then not even knowing. Because I ain't know, I ain't know he was black. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying that he's not, he's any more or less black than anyone else, but if you don't know, right? If you just don't look at him like, oh, he he black or he whatever, I think most people would say, is the rule intended for him because he could pass at something else? Now again, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to make, I'm just trying to make sense of it. I'm just trying to make sense of it. So don't y'all don't come at me and get at me crazy or have the comments going crazy like, oh, Eric saying he ain't black enough. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying I think in the sense of how people felt like the rule was put into place, it. He he might not look like what people had in mind when they were thinking that. So I think that's why he's he's not. I don't think people are hating on him. I just think they look like you would know he's black. Like I just think that's you know what I'm saying. Like I, I just all right. So uh, that's all. But anyways, with Mike McDaniel, I was really kind of going and saying, could he be? more pivotal than what people think. I always think that 
I always think that Kyle Shanahan is the genius behind everything. I, I always think that. How big of a, a difference would it make not having him? Because when you listen to other people talk about Mike McDaniel, they say he's a genius. The way he schemes up run games, the way he does all this, is like they they love it. And there's a big question about, you know, if he is a leader of men. Can he lead me? Because, you know, he looks like the smaller dude or whatever. And to be honest, man, I've been in NFL locker rooms, been in, uh, you know, arena league, you know what I'm saying, uh, championships, stuff, stuff like that. I really don't think people care what the coach looks like. So, and not talking about his skin tone or anything like that. I'm just talking about him as a, as a man. Like, that's the big thing. Like, can he lead men? Like, you know, everybody. And I would say yes. Because the results of it, and when you listen to how people speak about him and speak out about him, like um, Kyle Juszczyk, things that he had to say, it's very clear that this is a leader of men in Mike McDaniel. So that's awesome. My thing is, how how much of an impact would I have on Trey Lance? Now, he could be a genius. He's going to Miami. He could be a genius over there and do his thing over there. Anthony Lynn comes in. All right, here we go. Yeah, I don't know what the hell happened. All right, but anyways, I'm back. But um, Anthony Lynn, again, everything everything for me is is about Trey Lance and what's going to help Trey Lance and how is he, you know, they're going to make him better. And I think adding a guy like Anthony Lynn, that's awesome. Again, when I was with the New York Jets, Anthony Lynn was, he was a running back coach, all right? And when he went to, I believe it was like Detroit, Again, running back coach. And then, you know, uh, obviously had his time with the Buffalo Bills, running back coach with the same staff with Rex Ryan and those guys. And then he goes to the Chargers, and he's the head coach, and he gets that opportunity. I think a lot of people are kind of confusing him with Pep Hamilton. <laughs> All right, and we see somebody here. We need Pep Hamilton. I put out a whole video about how the 49ers need Pep Hamilton, and Pep Hamilton, uh, the Texans ended up, basically promoting him to officer coordinator, which was extremely smart. All right. But a lot of people are tying in like Anthony Lynn and the quarterback with uh, uh, Justin Herbert and saying, oh, Anthony Lynn, he's a great quarterback. Like, look what he did with Herbert. And I, I, I don't want to say that he didn't have anything to do with Herbert, but that wasn't him. That was Pep Hamilton, who was hands-on with that and helping the quarterback and all that type of stuff. So I, I think the 49ers to really take that next step, because we watched the 49ers have a terrific run game, and we've watched the 49ers have a terrific defense. 
the 49ers have to be able to expand on the passing game. And I heard Steve Young say this, and I'm like, Steve Young, you, you're right. You're right. For the 49ers to get to where they want to get, which is ultimately to win that right there, that trophy, win that Super Bowl, they have to be able to expand on the passing game. I feel like a lot of the concepts with the passing game are very good. The I think that that it's good. It's a, it's a good scheme as long as the run game is working. How good of a drop back passing game do the 49ers have? I think that's where the 49ers kind of lack in that creativity. So as much of a genius as Mike McDaniel is, as much of a genius as Kyle Shanahan is with them scheming up all the run games, can they be as dynamic with bringing along a young quarterback and expand on the passing game? I know what he did with Matt Shop. I know what he did with Matt Ryan, which maybe is Jimmy Garoppolo holding things back. Because a lot of people would tell you, hey, man, the 49ers, oh, no, nah, man, they're built, they're, they're power offense, man. They want to run the ball. That's what they do. They're pounding the rock. They're not worried about the pass. That's what Kyle Shanahan wants. But when Kyle Shanahan had quarterbacks that could throw the ball around a lot, he did throw the ball around a lot. Matter of fact, he threw more times than he ran with Atlanta. So how can they bring Trey Lance around to being that passing guy? Now, here's some of the things with that. And this is why, you know, would love to have Pep Hamilton. Obviously, the 49ers didn't pull the trigger on that. Uh, and maybe Scangrillo could be the guy. I don't know. I don't know. It is hard. It's hard to, it's kind of hard to say because I, you haven't really seen them in this situation. Now you did have Kyle Shanahan in this situation with uh, RG3 and he structured an offense around him that he felt was, you know, beneficial to the young guy, but a lot of it was still schemed around the run game as well. Can the 49ers have a standalone passing game? And can they do it with Trey Lance? Now, here's the thing with Trey Lance. And anybody that is a believer, trust me, you guys have been listening to me. Even before the draft, I'm a big believer in Trey Lance and what he will be. And I think he will get there. But he hasn't thrown the ball a lot. And there is something to that, just being comfortable, right? Just having that comfortability of like, oh, man, I, I've done this a million times. He hasn't. He's only thrown maybe between his freshman year of college and now, 450 passes, maybe. Maybe not even that many. I'm talking about in, live in-game reps. I mean, that's that's a, that's one season for a lot of people. And, uh, I mean, again, he hasn't. he's only played one year, really, essentially. He hasn't thrown a lot of passes. And for him to get more and more comfortable as a passer, like we see some of these other young guys coming out, he's going to need a lot of the reps. He's kind of – he's raw in that sense. I think there's a lot of good things that Trey Lance brings to the table, and I, I think he's going to be the guy to that's going to work extremely hard to uh, become the passer that he needs to be. Some people are made different. Like, they're made up different. I think he's made up of the right stuff, and that was a big reason why I was, a, you know, I was really big on him, just knowing the type of person that he is. Again, I, I've talked about it with you all before. I, I've been in the NFL. I've been on these teams, and I've seen these guys – that are extremely talented, and how do they not, like, how do they not maximize that? And a lot of it is work ethic. 
being coachable. Understand that you can always improve. You can always get better. And when you see Trey Lance, someone that does possess a lot of that talent, but you see the mindset that he has and the work that he has, that's why it's like, right, he'll, he'll become that. Now, it's just how long would it take? You know what I'm saying? How, how long would it take for him to get to that point? And how patient would, Trey, would, would Kyle Shanahan be? Because I wrote down in my notes, Kyle Shanahan's style. Kyle Shanahan is not very patient. He's not patient. I'm very patient. I'm a very patient person. I know a lot of 49er fans are not very patient. I'm very patient when it comes to player development and understanding the, the lumps and things that you have to go through in the process of that. Kyle Shanahan, I think, understands it. But at the end of the day, he wants things done a very, very, very specific way. And if it's not done that way, he'd rather just not play you until, he, until you can show him that you're, quote, unquote, ready. So what does ready mean? We've heard, had a lot of people say, Trey Lance isn't ready. Trey, Trey Lance isn't ready. And, and my pushback always is, what, what, is, what does it mean to be ready? I got my guy right here, uh, USMC 49er for life. Uh, he says, Croc, he was damn patient with this year, the crap he had going on. I don't think he was patient. I just think it was what the situation was. And I think Kyle Shanahan definitely has a mindset of not giving up. I will give, like, Kyle is, he is the ultimate competitor. I've definitely taken that from him. Kyle is the ultimate competitor. Ultimate competitor. The situation was what it was. Ideally, he does not want to be in that situation. He stuck to his plan, his goal, everything, and he was able to get out of that. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know if I would say that. that that's patience with him. Uh, maybe he wasn't patient because his job was on the line this year. And no, I, I think he's just kind of been this way the whole time. I think Kyle Shanahan is, again, and I, I, maybe this is what makes Kyle Shanahan, I think he's a terrific coach. Maybe this is what makes him terrific. He is different. He's wired different. Kyle Shanahan is a straight shooter. I feel like he doesn't have time for nonsense. And if you do come in young, youthful, y'all remember how y'all were at 21, 22 years old. Trust me, I remember what I was doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And Kyle, like when you're 21, 20, 21, 22 years old, coming in, he expects, like, if you're not going to perform to the level of the guys or, that you know, the veterans, like, where I'm not playing you. I don't care if you're a rookie. I don't care if you have upside. I don't care about none of that. You got to show him day in and day out. And I think that can be tough on guys coming in, trying to learn how to be professionals. Guys that have the talent, but they're trying to get, and then he comes at you with this and you're like, damn, like, and I think that could be, that could be hard on guys. You know, and it was on, I mean, think about how hard he was on Brandon Ayuk. Everybody thinks about this year, right? Everybody thinks about this year with Brandon Ayuk, but Kyle came out and said, if we would have had better players last year, Ayuk would not have played. Yeah, that's great. Like, right? Like, Ayuk had a good rookie year. He had a good rookie year. He got a lot of targets. He got the ball. He got all that. Like, and Kyle Shanahan came out and said, if if he would have had better players, Ayuk would not have played. And Ayuk would have went through the same thing that he went through earlier this year. He would have went through that last year. 
where he's not looking to get him the ball. He's not looking to get these things because he's not doing the things exactly how he wants. And, you know, it's, it, it's tough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's tough on the young guys because they're trying to figure it out. And when you have a coach that's just like, I only played you because I had to. Like, that's tough. Like, damn. All right. All right. Now, again, I don't know exactly how these conversations are being had, but that's what Kyle Shanahan said to the to the media. It's like, yeah, he's coming along now, you know. Yeah, I mean, the only reason why I played him last year was because I didn't have anybody else. We had guys that were hurt. I was like, damn. Devo was hurt. So it was just kind of the Ayuk and Kendrick Bourne show. You know, Killer was hurt. It's like, damn, well, I got to play the rookie. Whoa. Is this true? That's interesting. All right. Uh, but maybe they need to get Greg Pinelli in there at quarterback coach now. <laughs> so uh, my guy K-Dot says, but see, that's stupid with Kyle. I mean, look how good B.A. looked last year. But Kyle thought he wasn't ready. So it makes you think what could have happened with trade season. Now, I don't want to turn this into like, you know, like a tra different circumstances. But, yeah, similar, right? Because, you know, we saw, and again, what is ready, right? Like, what, what is ready? So let's talk about that. I think there's two different things going on here. I, I think there's a ready in the sense of a playoff contending team and a ready just, like, ready to play. So I think with, with Trey Lance, although everybody wants to lump him in with, like, just completely not ready because he came from the FCS level, they want to make it seem like he just can't play. And I think that's couldn't be further from the truth, right? Regardless of whatever, who he was playing against, when we watched him against Arizona, it looked like a guy that can really work on some things, right? Okay, I see where he's at. This was at least my thought process. I don't know. A lot of people were like, he's not ready. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what the fuck does that mean? All right, but my thought process, when I watched Trey Lance against the Arizona Cardinals, it was, okay, I see where he's at. Now, how do we improve on it, right? Like, that was just my, that was my thought process. I see where he's at. All right. Okay, let's continue to get the reps. Let's continue to build around that. Now, you see him against the Houston Texans, and to me, that didn't look like a guy that wasn't ready. It looked like a guy that was, I wouldn't even say in his second start, because if you look at some of these other guys, they look ass. He had the best second start out of any rookie this year. You know what I'm saying? So I think when it comes to Trey Lance and not ready, is is he ready to lead a team to the Super Bowl or have the – you know, are you comfortable with where he's at to lead him to the Super Bowl? I think that's more the question that needs to be asked. Not really. He's not ready. He can't play because I watched the other rookies and half the time they look like shit. They look like shit half the time, <laughs> the other rookies. I saw Justin Fields have one net passing yard in the game. One net passing yard. He got sacked nine times. You know, I saw, uh, shoot, the, the game, look at the playoff game against uh, Mac Jones against the Buffalo Bills, right? Mac Jones against the Buffalo Bills. It was a blowout. How come we don't hear, oh, Mac Jones not ready when things like that happen? Now, Mac Jones also made a Pro Bowl. Something. But, you know, those are the things to me that's, I don't know. It's interesting. It almost feels a little one-sided. 
it almost feels a little one-sided that everybody comes out and says, oh, well, you know, he's not ready, but everybody else is ready, even though these dudes have had shitty games. Trevor Lawrence, like I, I've said, like Davis Mills looked better than Trevor Lawrence at times. Now, that's not to say that Davis Mills has a higher upside or that uh, Trevor Lawrence didn't show you more special plays, but Davis Mills was in a shitty situation and he had ugly moments and he had good moments, right? But Tra Trevor Lawrence, you know, what I'm saying? Oh, he he's ready, even though he looked like shit most of the season. Oh, you know, he well, his situation is bad. His coaching sucks. His office, he don't got the person that he don't got this and that. I don't know, man. Is is that part is wild? But anyways, back to the coaching because that's what I kind of was getting into. How will Anthony Lynn as an assistant head coach help? Is he going to start calling plays? Is he going to be the offensive coordinator? Kyle Shanahan, I don't see him giving up that responsibility. How will that help or affect Trey Lance? Can maybe Anthony Lynn bring more patience to the, the devel development of Trey Lance? Now, listen, and maybe maybe Anthony Lynn can bring this perspective. All right. Maybe Anthony Lynn can bring this perspective. Anthony Lynn did not want to play Justin Herbert, if y'all remember that, right? Anthony Lynn did not want to play Justin Herbert at all. Anthony Lynn said Tyrod Taylor is the guy. I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers went and got Tyrod Taylor. But he was not going to start his rookie. At all. And we saw the year that J Justin Herbert had. And that almost did not happen because he was not going to play his rookie quarterback. So I say, uh, oh, maybe he could bring some patience, but maybe he could bring some perspective. Like, listen, Kyle, I was the same way. From what I saw in practice, I didn't think the guy was ready yet. But he went out there and he was a gamer. And, you know, K K Trey Lance, I think he's a gamer. He's going to be all right. But they got to bring somebody around that's going to really kind of, I don't want to say coddle them, but you can let Kyle Shanahan be the bad devil. <laughs> somebody else is going to have to be the angel on the other side. So Kyle still, hey, I'm going to hold you to this standard. And I'm going to coach you hard. And I'm going to do all those things. And I'm pretty sure Trey Nance can take it. But he also has to have somebody on the side of him that's going to be like, all right, here's how we're going to do things. And, hey, this is what he means by that. Because Kyle, I think he could be a little hard. And we saw reports of this with Mike Shanahan, right? With, I think it was Jake the Snake Plumber, right? Where he was like, oh, you know, you look at, what did Plumber say, man? It was, he never felt like he was good enough. I believe it was Plumber. Who who was the quarterback in, in Denver? Was it Jake Plumber? Hold on. Because I feel like Jake Plumber played for the uh, Cardinals. Not, hold on, let me see. Did he play? Who was, who was the, let's see. Okay, so he did play for Denver Broncos. So Denver Broncos, 2003, 2006, who was the head coach? Was it Mike Shanahan? So let's see, Mike Shanahan, Denver Broncos, hold on. Yeah. So Shanahan was the head coach from 95. So, yeah, it was Jake Plummer that said it. So what, what Jake Plummer said was 
He never felt like he was good enough for Shanahan. He never, he never, he never thought he was, he never thought he was good enough for Mike. Nothing he did was good enough. And I think Kyle has some of that in him. Now I see my guy here. He says, uh, <laughs> Greg, we just saw Kyle ride with Jimmy for five years. We know he's extremely patient. No, I think Kyle knows the situation and how to work around deficiencies and make it work. I think that's it was more that than, you know, it was like, hey, this is the situation. Okay, I can win a lot of games with this guy. It's not ideal, but I can win games with him. And I'm fine with that. Kyle, I think Trey Lynch just had to prove, can I win games with you? And, you know, he didn't really have a whole lot of time to kind of really prove that. Shout out to my guy, uh, KB Baines, man. I appreciate the contribution. But, yeah, so Jake was an on and off player. And my guy, Super Demos, I, I agree, right? Like, you could be an on and off player. And part of it was, if, if, you, if you listen to Jake, now, again, I don't know. But if you listen to Jake Plummer, it sounds like he was on and off like that because of the coaching. Like, he never felt like he was good enough. He never felt like anything he was doing was good enough. And it was almost kind of a, I almost say miserable situation, but it's just like, damn. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when he felt like he was taking strides in the right direction, he didn't get that same, like, love and support back from his coach. At least that's his perception of it. And I think that is a tough way to consistently play. I think that is tough. So we're going to see how patient they are with Trey Lance. I assume that they'll be extremely patient with him. But, you know, he's going to have to have a – there's going to have to be, like, a good cop, bad cop. I put the link in the chat so anybody that wants to come on, Talk a little bit about, you know, whatever you think about the coaching staff, the direction the 49ers are going with Kyle Shanahan, ways that they can help him. There's a link right there. If you haven't already, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, all that good stuff. Appreciate everybody that contributes to the show. I want to make this kind of a just a – it ain't all about me talking or whatever. It's about it's about y'all, man, and, and what y'all want to hear. And I want to hear y'all conversations and all that good stuff, so – uh, first up, man, of course, we got my guy Dion coming on. Dion, what's good? What's good, Crocky? What's going on, man? Oh, man, I'm chilling, chilling. How you feeling this morning? Hey, man, you know, woke up this morning, still light, still living. I'm blessed, man. As much, that's all I could really ask for. So I heard you talking about Shanahan. I got the perfect analogy for Kyle. And people, don't kill me when I say this. Just listen and understand. Kyle is like Dr. Dre. And the reason why I say that is Dre is one of those people, he makes hits. But when you come to Dre, you have to already have that it factor. Dre is not about development because Eminem had that it factor. 50 had that it factor. Snoop had that it factor. Like, these guys already had it. All he did was necessarily fine tune it and make it, you know, his own. He put the right beat with the right person and it, you know, it made it happen. So for me, that's how I kind of feel about Kyle because he seems to want pretty much finished product. So all he has to do is fine tune it. And the next thing you know, it's out on the field. It looks fantastic. And he gets the credit for it because when it came to Trey Lance, he was like, nah, he's not ready. He's not ready. He's not ready. He's not ready. And everybody, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, 
you got Jimmy Garoppolo on the field. Are you worried about if this kid is ready or not? But if you look at it, he likes to bring in a lot of veterans. He brought in Jordan Matthews. When the last time we seen Jordan Matthews be productive on the football field? Jordan <laughs> Matthews is already he's already done things. Kyle knows what he can do. He already knows what he can get out of him if needed to be called on. So I feel like Kyle wants more of a finished product, and then he'll fine tune it to make it what he wants, and then boom, he's good. That's just how I'm looking at it. What 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 do you think? No, I think that's right, right? And you know the crazy thing about it, and a lot of people would be like, oh, man, Trey Lance, like, you know, he had an opportunity. I'm like, I don't even think he had an opportunity to really take the job. Like, unless he just came in and just lighting it up, like just looking like, oh, my goodness, this is the second coming of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Because yeah. when he came in yeah. in the preseason, I mean, in training camp, that was the thing, right? I mean, the, the reports that were coming out, right? And right now, y'all, we're talking about kind of Kyle Shanahan and the way that he – sees everything mm -hmm. but the reports coming out of camp from even guys like mayoko and barrels this fucking rookie is amazing like that's that's what they were saying like listen i listened to matt mayoko I, we all listen to all the shows we listen to all the stuff right the entire time mayoko i remember it kind of got hard to listen to him i'm like man he is pushing this um he is pushing this Mac Jones thing tough. And it's cool. I'm going to hear yeah. your perspective. I'm going to listen to you, right? But, you know, you're you're pushing this thing tough. And it was – and then Trey Lance comes around, and he's like, huh. I mean, I know I said that they were only going to be able to run with him and this, that, and the other, but this Trey Lance guy is special. And they were – Mayoko Amber was talking about how long they've been a part of the 49ers. They've never seen a rookie come in and do the things that Trey Lance was doing. And then when Kyle gets asked about it, there's like, it's like, no. Like, man, hey, when is Trey Lance going to start getting? No, not happening. Or he wouldn't say that. Yep. He would say, this, is, this was his response. All right, I'm going to act like I'm the beat writers, and then and then I'm going to turn around and act like I'm Kyle Shanahan. All right. Yeah. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. When is... Uh, when are we going to see Trey Lance get first team reps? Because really, he's fucking shit up right now. He's killing it out there. That's really what they were saying. But then it's mm -hmm. the stuff, but that's what they were saying. Mm -hmm. And Kyle's response was, uh, "He'll he'll get first team reps when I feel like he gives us the best chance to win." I'm like what? Like, and I, think, and I said it at this time. <laughs> I think that that's hard on a, a young guy coming in because it's like, man, you come in, you got this bouncing your step. I'm letting it rip. I'm throwing all these darts. People are like shocked. Like, man, it looks good. I got barrels at Mayoko. They're getting behind me. And then Kyle's like, nope, not good enough. And it's just like, damn. You know, after the first couple of weeks, Trey Lance kind of got into this like, like, damn. I think he felt like, man, I don't think anything I'm doing is good enough for this dude. And then maybe he realized the situation. Damn, is it my team or is it this Jimmy dude's team? You know, I came in. I'm the number three overall pick. And everybody backs this Jimmy dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think eventually he got behind it, and I showed the it shows the type of person one that Jimmy is, but also uh, Lance is because by the end of the year, Trey Lance says, "Man, I got a best friend for life with Jimmy Garoppolo." And, and then I kudos think to both of those guys working through that. But I do think that you know it was it was interesting to see Kyle that way. So I see somebody in the chat right now say, "Are we still being critical of Shani's approach?" Yeah, not so. I mean. Just yes. analyzing his approach and more so. That's all. Analyzing, analyzing. his approach. There we go. That that's all. And we're not we're not being critical. Yeah. We just 
what right. we're saying is there are certain things that he would like before he puts you on the field. And while we understand that, it sometimes can be a bit confusing because certain you hear different things from all of the people that you want to hear things from as far as the beat writers and the people around the facilities saying Trey Lance is out there murdering it in practice and doing this and doing that. But then you got a coach that comes out and goes, he ain't ready. So it, it's that's why I likened him you know, to Dre in that sense where if you don't have that it factor and you're not pretty much all of a, a all but a finished product and he doesn't have to fine tune you, he typically doesn't want you on the field. The exception this year probably would be Elijah Mitchell. Mitchell got out there, ran, did what he did, and he didn't even take him off the field. And then the other thing you see is, is Kyle is very particular about players that he actually likes. Look how long it took him to get rid of Dante Pettis and Jalen Hurd. He held on to those dudes till the last minute. Why? Because he felt like he invested in them. He didn't get what he wanted from them. But I'll say this. Is Kyle Shanahan a great offensive mind? Yes. Um, me, I still will stick to this. We could have made we, – we could have went to 10-7 and 7 with Trey Lance. How far in the playoffs I, we would have gone, uh, okay. I don't know. That's just me. That's just me. I'm I not saying you. this has to be anyone else's opinion. Right. I'm okay. just saying okay. for me, okay. I think that we would have gotten that far with Trey Lance because – with Jimmy, I know there's the the inconsistencies. The man's good for a touchdown, just as good as he is for an interception. I've looked up the numbers. I've I've did the I've did the math. That's exactly he figures out to be at least a one touchdown, one interception person per game. So it's not a it's not a knock on the guy. I mean, he did what he did for us. It's cool, fine. But I am I think Kyle is an excellent coach. He is. He's a great coach. I think he's great. I see somebody in the chat say, "Imagine if Bill Walsh would have." Would have taken what? Imagine, uh, can y'all imagine how much shit Bill Walsh would have taken if Twitter existed in 1988? And I saw that clip. Oh yeah, yeah, it would have been all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Because if you watch the the Joe the Joe Montana thing on Peacock, yeah, if we if we had social media back then, man, people would have been going insane. Yeah, it would have been crazy. (laughs) Yeah, because I saw the thing where he was just like, ah. You know, yeah, I don't know who my quarterback is. And I'm like, damn, like, you know, I'm thinking, obviously, I was one years old in 1988, but mm-hmm. I'm thinking, like, damn, like, you know, uh, you've been to multiple Super Bowls with this guy, Joe, Joe Montana. Montana, but maybe it worked to get the best out of him. And I think that's why I don't know if you listened to Steve Young on KBR, but Steve Young mm-hmm. kind of talked about that where it was, it was awkward. Like, the locker room was awkward, the, the dynamic of the quarterback position was awkward. The things that Bill Walsh did, it created awkwardness, but he felt like it brought out the best in both guys. And maybe Trey Lance needs that. Maybe Trey Lance needs that that awkwardness. Maybe, yeah. maybe Kyle Shanahan's young Bill Walsh. Yeah, I mean, you, ne- you never know. And, and I see Renee Morales in there saying that, you know, a, a lot of people out there are just riding with Kyle. What he says goes and what he says is law. If you want to ride like that, that is perfectly fine. I get it. I understand it. Me personally, there are some times where I'm looking at it going, look at what goes on to the field. Just because we won a game, I look at things from a really, really wide perspective when it comes to us winning. When we won, did we blow somebody out? Did we barely get by? Were there things that happened where we possibly could have lost that game? I'm looking at everything. Some people I don't, I don't know what your perspective is, so I'm not going to judge anyone. But some people just look at W. They wake up in the morning. They check their phone. Oh, we won? Cool. They don't care how we won, what happened, what went into the game plan, none of that. I'm looking at it from a wider perspective. So 
just because we got to the NFC Championship, you know, look at what happened on the last play. Jimmy's getting tackled. Take the fucking sack, bro. Don't try to throw that out there. The Michael uh, Hayes oh, okay. doing that all game. I have to, I have to back Jimmy on this, and I know it looked weird as hell, right? I watched that like but, a million times, Croc. What? what please I, tell I me from this, your man, perspective like, what happened, because to me it, it looked like a jump throw. It was already third and long, and he's, you know, he's about to get sacked, and and he's like, let me just try to get rid of the ball in the area of a receiver, and he just kind of did like a, a, you know, and one like, hey yo, like pass behind his back. And but we all know that ain't Jimmy. Well, I, I get Don't what he was that. trying to do. I get what he was trying to do. I get what he was trying to do. For me, I, like I said, I it just was going to be like fourth and twenty. It was going to be fourth and it twenty. It was. It was. But I'll take fourth and twenty over you throwing the ball up and and giving it. My thing was Jermichael Hasty and Travis Benjamin should have never been in that game because neither one of them did anything. Period. What was the What was the significance? What did Travis, Travis Benjamin didn't even have a catch? I don't even think he had a target. And then you had oh, Jermichael Hasty in there for what? Idea. But we ain't gonna talk about that. But Kyle, yeah, Kyle is a great coach. So for he people out coach. there thinking that I don't believe in him, I do believe in him. Sometimes he does make questionable decisions, at least in my eyes. And if you guys feel that whatever he says is is perfect, then that's fine. That's you. That's not me. Sometimes he makes questionable decisions, and I felt, and I will still stick to this. Kyle should have went with Trey Lance from the beginning of the season, like Croc said. And like I've been I, thinking, he did he did say that. And I thought I thought that from the beginning and we would have been fine. I'm not of the ilk that what Kyle says is 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 law and that he knows everything perfectly because no coach knows everything perfectly. Bill Bill, Bill Belichick makes bad decisions. People, it happens. You know, just as a, a receiver drops a ball, a coach makes a bad decision. It's understandable. But I just felt like. He wants a finished product that he can fine tune and then just put on the field rather than having to truthfully develop the product from the ground up. Or he has to have that love for you like he had for Pettis and Hurd, where he'll wait on you. And then you'll you'll see the results because he says, I know this guy has that it factor. It's just I got to get him on the field to do it. And sometimes it doesn't necessarily pan out that way. But, hey, I I'm not saying he should go anywhere. I'm not saying, you know, that he should be fired. I'm just saying for me, sometimes there's questionable decisions. The only thing I want Kyle to do is give Trey Lance the starting job off the bat with no questions. Don't do this joking around and, oh, well, we don't I know who our starter is. I think that's the situation is. now, and, though. So, and it may be Nate Sudfeld and it may be this. Don't do that. Just nah, give that man the job. And and, and 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 don't, don't, don't. If you bring in Tyrod Taylor, don't look and go, well, you know, Tyrod's here now, so we don't know. We don't want to do all that, man. Just back the man, and I want the locker room to get behind Lance just like they got behind Jimmy because whatever Jimmy has that's 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 good to those dudes, that's fine. I'm cool with that. You know what I'm saying? For me, trade him. Goodbye. Good riddance. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your service. But, hey, peace. You know what I'm saying? All right, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get All to right, the next caller, Dion. I appreciate you coming on, bro. Appreciate you, brother. Have a good day. All right, shout out to my guy Dion. Um, I got a couple callers waiting. I'm about to get to y'all right now. There definitely are a couple of things that I want to kind of like, you know, kind of expound on some of the things that he was saying. One, I definitely was a guy that was saying, you know, I would not have Jimmy Garoppolo on the team with Trey Lance. Like I, I would have went with now. I, I don't know. Maybe it was great that. There was Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey didn't have to play and he got the early lumps in week 
five or whatever it was, and then got to sit and didn't play at all for the rest of the season up until the Texans game. Maybe that was the best thing for Trey Lance. Maybe, right? Um, I would not have known because I would have went with him from the jump. And uh, the money from letting J Jimmy Garoppolo go, trading him, whatever the case is, you know, freeing up $25 million, I would have rolled that over. And the 49ers will have $25 million more million this offseason to build a team. So instead of having, I don't know, whatever they have right now is not that much cap space, I would have $25 more million and the reps for my young guys. So that's why I would – but, again, it's easy for me to say that because I'm not Kyle Shanahan. I'm not a team or a coach that is – I want to say he's under fire, but, you know, he only had one winning season in four years. You, you can't really risk one winning season in five. Like, that's not a good look. So from that standpoint, man, I 100% understand Kyle Shanahan and what he did. Now, once he went, once you have Jimmy on there, like, yeah, that's the guy. And I got it. And I do, I get the whole logic of Jimmy gives you a better chance to win until you can truly find out that Trey Lance gives you a better chance, which I don't think you can really find that out until he just plays in games. Because even then with the with the uh, way that Jimmy wins, it's just different, right? It's different. Now, uh, to kind of talk a little bit about some of the things that Deion said about the way the 49ers win. And I think a lot of it had to do with the quarterback where, well, one, in the NFL, it's hard to just blow teams out in general. It's, it's really hard to blow teams out in the NFL. I do think that there were times where the 49ers with more, with better play from the quarterback position could have put their foot on some team's throws. And Jimmy Garoppolo, for whatever reason, kind of struggled with that. Unless the run game was carrying them there. So, uh, Oh, we got to talk a whole lot about Jimmy, man. You know, it's Trey Lance time, but it's all about, you know, okay, what's going to be the best thing for him? Uh, Dion also talked about how uh, you can't play around with Trey Lance making the guy. He's the guy. I mean, that's your third overall pick. It's it's year two. He's going to have this whole offseason, but it's on him to also show that he's the guy. You know, NFL, man, like they, they don't want to just hand anything to you. So Trey Lance is going to have to show again. I've seen things that are very encouraging that he's heading in the right direction. But he's still going to have to show it. He's still going to have to show it. He's going to have to prove it to Kyle Shanahan every day. Uh, I forgot to mention last time, but I hit you up on Twitter, DM. Get back to me when you can. Shoot me another DM because because my, my DMs be going kind of crazy, bro. So shoot me another DM. Just be like, hey, Croc, uh, I just hit you on the YouTube or whatever, and then I'll see it like now, then I'll, I'll get right back to you. All right. Uh, What's your Grant – oh, was that your Grant Cone voice with me talking about the media? Now, Grant Cone, he's funny. Hey, and I'll be on Grant Cone's show. I know y'all feel a different way. Every, every uh, Thursday morning, uh, 11 a.m. I think that's what we're doing here. So Thursday mornings, 11 a.m., I'll be on with Grant. All right, but uh, I don't know if that was my Grant – that wasn't my Grant Cone voice. I would say Grant Cone, when he asks questions, you know. You know. Uh, here we go. If Trey Lance doesn't make uh, at least make the playoffs uh, next year with basically the same team, do you see him getting attacked as bad as Jimmy? Uh, that's a great question. I would say there will be people that are very critical of him because a lot of people – I don't, I don't know how to say it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. All right. But I think there, there's a certain 
group of 49er fans that they almost want to see Trey Lance fail so they could prop up Jimmy Garoppolo because there have been a lot of people that have talked bad about Jimmy. I could be wrong. I could be I could be wrong. But that's I, that's what I think. So I think most logically thinking people will go into this year and say, hey, this is kid's first year of starting in the NFL. It's this kid's, uh, you know, first year starting in two years. You know what I'm saying? Like most people would think that and you just want to see like, all right, like what are, are there good things that he's doing? And, you know, like, am I optimistic? Oh, man, the 49ers went nine and eight. They missed the playoffs. But, hey, it is a it's a it's a plus because he, you know, we saw where he's headed. And that would be my thoughts, even if the 49ers missed the playoffs. Obviously, you want to make it. Uh, but, you know, you, you'd assume that there's going to be some ups and downs along the way. But there are some people, and I've seen it. I, I've seen it on social media. I've seen it in my mentions and everything. There are people that are I, – I don't even want to say that they want Trey Lance to fail, but they are definitely waiting to see Trey Lance fail so they can say, I told you so. There are those people out there. I see it in my mentions. And if, if y'all follow me on Twitter, I got, I don't know, damn near 37,000 followers. And I get over 300 mentions a day. And when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, I get a lot of mentions about that whole thing. And I've seen everything. And there are a good amount of people that they def they want to see. They want to see. They want to be able to say, I told you so. All right. Got my guy, Pioneer, coming on. Pioneer, good morning, bro. Crap. I see you got a new uh you got a new logo. I uh, know. It just changes. Oh. But um I, I was uh on and you guys talk about you know if you were to start a trip uh Hold on. hey Pioneer, to me personally I you're you're can you hear me? Your your uh is yeah. cutting in and out. Hold on, you get that right, Pioneer, get that right, I'll bring you back. I got my next guy on, Mar Marcelo. I don't even want to try to uh, pronounce your first name, Marcelo. Good morning, bro. Mar Marcelo, you're, mu you're muted. Hello. Hey, good hello, morning. Hello, crack. Yep, I got What's you. What's up, crack? Good morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning, good morning. <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> All good. Are you ready now? You need some more Sorry. time? He wasn't ready. Let's see. If we got Pinor back on. See if he's ready. Pinor, you there? Here now. All right, let's go. Is oh no, he's not ready either. Uh, I put the link in the chat. If we have any other uh, people that want to come on, y'all got to fix the audio, man. Fix the <laughs> fix the audio. Yeah. Uh, Eric, thanks. Uh, been a fan of the team 37 years. I follow this team like crazy, man. I appreciate that. I got my guy G Gammon come on. And there was somebody early on. I had seen him. I believe his name was Joe. He kind of popped in, then he had popped out. But Joe, man, if you're listening, man, come back on, bro. I think it was Joe. I think it was Joe. Got my guy Gammon coming on. Gammon, good morning. Hey, how you doing, brother? Oh, man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Feeling yeah. good. I think so I'm about to get a new car today, man. I've been talking about how... 
I haven't, I haven't, uh, you know, made any like, you know, purchases on vehicles. And I put it out there yesterday. Everybody's saying it's a bad time to buy. The prices of cars are way up. I'll say this, and I just started thinking about it this morning when, as I was like deciding, like, Croc, are you, are you gonna, are you gonna get this new car or what? And yeah. I, I haven't had a car payment in years. I've been driving the same Durango for years, and it's just kind of, it's, it's kind of time. But I think the price of everything is going up. I, I, the price of cars are going up. I I don't think that's going to be any different. You got what? I was just saying I have the best car in the world, and I still have the best car in the world right now. And it sounds like you do too, because that's that's one that's paid off. It, it's kind of hard to uh, yeah. It's, for me, it's hard to get it, think about a another vehicle because I do I think about it, but I'm just like, man, I just really just really like having a paid off vehicle. That is just unbelievable. I got to ask you, though, Croc, how are you doing on your uh, – so I know you set, you set some pretty lofty goals for yourself um, at the end of, um, you know, I don't want to say at the end of last last season, but this season. Somewhere, somewhere I heard you saying some goals of like, you know, there was like monetary kind of like goals, monthly goals that you're trying to yeah. hit. How close are you to, to hit? Uh, very – so so my goal – and, and I'll, I try to be – as transparent, you know, like to me, like people knowing how much money I yeah. make and stuff like that, man, I don't care about none of that stuff. All right. But I had a goal. I had a goal to, to make in, in July. I had set a goal. Uh, all right. By the, by Christmas, I want to, I want to, I want to make $10,000 in a month off of my streaming, right? Just off my streaming stuff. Yeah. And, and I, sur I surpassed that. So then my next goal was, you know, January 1st, I made a goal of, all right, by July, can you make $20,000 in a month just off of the streaming stuff? So um, that's where I'm at now. And it's kind of, it's been a little difficult to kind of uh, continue. I've been so busy, so it's been kind of yeah. hard, but I, I got to get back on track of really like, all right, putting things together, like, all right, Croc, you know, having, you know, different meetings with different things and bringing in money. So, yeah. But, yeah, I still have my goal. My goal is to make $20,000 uh, in a month just off of my streaming stuff by uh, July. When, when you do that, Croc, that's when I say it's a good time to buy buy a car. But on the uh, another – Well, I'm not, not, not going to lie. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not far because when, right. when I had to – and I didn't even know how much money I was making. And then yeah. I, had to, I had to give my bank statement yesterday – Cause I didn't have like these uh, pay stubs, you know, I got money coming in from different places and yeah. I, I, I ain't far from that 20. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I surprised myself to be honest. Yeah. I, I do have, um, I, and I, I hate to get into it, Croc. I really do. But, uh, there's just a topic that has just never sat right with me. And I, I, I've always been kind of scared to kind of get into it because I know it's kind of a, it's a topic that either one people don't want to talk about tired of addressing or B it's just a touchy subject, but I, I really do. Um, Cause it, it just personally with me, it doesn't sit right. But uh, this whole multiracial biracial kind of like thing. And then also to just the, uh, the, the draft compensations for it, uh, the Rooney rule affirmative action. Like I've just never been a fan of all that, but like, like when they said uh, when they said that he was multiracial, you know, I was just I, I don't know. To me, it just seems just it just all that kind of stuff just never just kind of just sat right with me. And then and then the uh, the draft compensation for it. 
I just don't like all that kind of in the mix together. To me, it just seems, I don't know, just something about it just doesn't seem right. I don't know. I don't really have the words to really say, no, describe. I, what I know exactly wow. what you're saying. So this is what you're saying. We're going to have this conversation, y'all. Uh, everyone says that there's equal opportunity, right? Like, oh, there's equal opportunity for everybody, no matter what race you are. You know, you could be, you know, white, black, green, purple, yellow. Everybody has the same opportunities, right? Like, that's what we are always told. The reality is that, that that's, while we do have, everybody does have opportunity. I mean, like, listen, I just talked about me monetizing off of streaming. And I do believe that everybody has an opportunity to create their own platform and different things like that. And I'm, I'm very blessed uh, to be able to do that. I appreciate everyone that's in here right now that, you know, has helped me along the way, whatever it is. There are people, people don't like to, to, and I don't want to misspeak here. The, the systematic kind of racism or, or, or oppression, like people think that that's not a real thing. And I don't know if some people know that they are being a certain way or maybe just kind of, you know, subconsciously kind of react in a certain way. I'm trying to choose my words wisely here. Right. But there are, I think there's only one minority owner in the NFL, this Sean Khan guy in Jacksonville, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that has a trickle-down effect with the way that the NFL, like, front offices look. And I think that that makes it more difficult without people really knowing that that's what they're doing. I think people are just kind of going with what they're more comfortable with. You know, and I don't, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, on accident or, or what, but those things have been put in place to where you don't just go with what you're comfortable with. And I do hear what you're saying, though, like, man, there shouldn't have to be a rule that incentivizes teams to promote guys to, you know, minorities to, you know, GMs. I mean, not GM, uh, promote guys to, yeah, well, GM. Uh, defense coordinator, whatever, to push a guy out there so he could potentially get a head coaching job. Yeah, just, right? like that's just, what you're saying. Like it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be like why? Why is it that you receive a you know hey you you get two you get two third round picks if this minority uh, guy gets hired to a different? Yeah, team? if you can flip them, it basically like if you can, you know, if you, you put you stipulate a price to them and then like hey yeah get this uh get this guy in your squad and then flip them and then this is like you know to, to me like something like that just doesn't putting a price well, they're with trying that. To well, people bringing people up right like you know again everybody does things they're comfortable with even me right like you know like my my homies you know i, I mean i have like you know got my my homies that are uh you know biracial uh, you know, black, Mexican, Asian, whatever. My homeboy, Abel Somsack, I've been tight with my dog. He's always in the chat. You know, I've been tight with him and Albie. Those are my Asian homies, man. I grew up with these dudes. Northside Stockton, you know? But, yeah. you know, like, if it came to, like, me about to go do something, right? If I'm going to go do a job, who am I going to hit? I'm going to hit my homies. Like, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I think that's what goes on in the NFL 
or even other, right? Look at the NBA, right? Damn near most of the cultures are black, like you know what I'm saying. And yeah. if you look at their assistants, they're probably black. I think a lot of people go with what they're comfortable with, and I think it it sucks in the NFL because if you look at front offices, if you look at the coaching staffs, uh, not even the coaching staffs, if you look at really just the high up, like the scouts, stuff like that, it's a lot of white dudes. Like I remember yeah. when I had my 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 workout with the New York Jets, and you know, they had all these dudes, or the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles had like 70 dudes there. And 70, it's just me, just me working out 70 dudes. And I'd say about 60 of them were white. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just how the front offices and stuff are kind of made up. And I think that's because, like, hey, I know this person, you know, oh, he's good at what he does. Look, Kyle Shanahan and his little minions that he brought up, right? Like, Kyle Shanahan knew Mike McDaniel. Uh, you know, who happens to be minority. I, we, we didn't know that, but, you know, uh, LaFleur's, uh, you know, Scangarillo. Like, he's just, That's the thing, though. Clark, Clark, you, didn't, you didn't know that he was a minority until it came down to compensation, though. Right, right, right. So yeah, that's I, what I'm saying. I, 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 you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to kind of – I'm going to get off on, on that, but I'll, I'll let you kind of just speak more on that. But I, I really do appreciate hearing your, your thoughts on that, Croc, but – Again, like, I'd be lying to you if I said, like, it. all that didn't make me feel some kind of way, you know, because my kids, How you know, they're, I don't, that is, you know, I, I don't know, Croc, because I haven't lived in, in, in that you, you have, right? You have, and especially you did that in one of the biggest cities of, of all sports, right? It's like Los Angeles or, or New York. Um, and I'm sure that you have some, some friends that you can talk to. Um, that, that is a, that is a very good question. I think the only way, the only, I can tell you this, I can tell you this. I think the only time where it can be addressed because nothing ever changes unless it comes down to money, obviously. And I think the only way that'll happen is when, is when they, you know, uh, what is it like every 10 years, they, they do those kind of like negotiations on, on how everything's going to kind of run and that sort of thing between the owners and the players. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's I, – there, there's been, like, a couple of things I think are kind of wrong with the NFL. That That's one of them. Uh, the second one is that I can't believe that referees aren't on, like, a salary. You know, they have, like, some kind of – like I can't get mad at referees when that's kind of like their part-time job. To me, I, I didn't know that really until, um, like, a couple of years ago. I just thought that was, like, their, their full-time job. And they kind of, you know, but it, it's not, um, you know, just a couple other things too. But I mean, maybe, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to hop off, hop off of here, but um, just kind of just interested to kind of hear um, your thoughts. Cause you did, you watched somebody like Lynn kind of be a running backs coach to a head coach to now going back down to an assistant coach. And then you're, you're looking at the, the firings that are going on and text the, for the Texans and, um, you know, with Lovey Smith and everything like that. So I, I don't know that, that is a, that's a good question. I don't know how you, yeah. how you fix that, but, but I appreciate your time, Crook. All right. And here, this is a great question. Keith Wallace, uh, did you say NFL and NBA hire who they are comfortable with, but NFL sucks uh, because they are mostly white, but you are good with the NBA doing doing it when coaches are a different race. No, I'm saying I, I think people in general hire some of the things that they're they're comfortable with. People in general. I'm not saying like that's, you know, 
I think that's what goes on in, in NFL. Whatever the NBA is doing, and I just look through, and we can we can kind of go through this together. One second. I know I got my guy J-Law waiting. I'm going to get right to you. Uh, screen share. I just looked at the NBA coaches. All right. So we, we'll kind of go through this together, y'all. I, I could be wrong, but this looks dead ass 50-50 to me. Hold on. Let me um let me bring down this. So and 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 my guy Keith Wallace, I would like to know what what are they, what's the NBA doing different to where it's more 50-50? So just look, you got two, you got uh here's the top. Here we go. Two minority coaches, three white coaches. Here we go. Two minority coaches, three white coaches. Three minority coaches. Really, they might all be minority. I mean, they're not, they're not, they're not white. Uh, here's some more here. I right, got four guys, one one black guy. And then here you got three black guys, two white guys. Like, I think it's 50-50. Jason Kidd. So you got three minorities, two white guys. Like, in the, in the NBA, it looks like it's 50-50. So what, what is... What's the NBA doing? What's the NBA doing different than the NFL when it comes to like hiring coaches? Why is it 50-50 in the NBA and the NFL? It's like up until yesterday, there was one black head coach. Two minorities, three? Ron Rivera? Is he still head coach? But the NBA is like 50-50 with minority coaches, whether it's, you know, Eric Spolstra, who's Filipina, Pino, or, or other. So that's that's interesting. What's the difference? What's the NBA doing as opposed to the NFL? All right, real quick, got a couple callers coming on. I'm about to get to you guys right now. I have a couple super chats. One, what if Trey struggles and his backup is – hold on, let me remove this. Here we go. What if Trey struggles and his backup looks better? I agree with you about Jimmy versus Trey fans. In my honest opinion, Grant started the fire. Uh, get it, Tacoma. All right. I don't know if I'm gonna get to Tacoma, but um, uh, I think it's on Trey Lance to make sure that it doesn't happen. Like that's on you. Like it's it's on you to to get ready. You know, you got to do the things in the offseason. I'm pretty sure. Everybody, and y'all might know or might not know how the NFL goes or, you know, just these different levels. You have um, you have exit meetings. I remember having my exit meeting with Aaron Glenn, right, where Aaron Glenn sat down with me. He was a scout with the uh, Jets at this time. Now, obviously, he's deep coordinator, interviewing for head coaching jobs. But Aaron Glenn had to start off as a scout, not even a coach, even though he wanted to coach. Hell, I talked to Texan scouts. And there's a guy that wants to be a coach, but he had to start off as a scout. He had to get in however he could. All right. But anyways, uh, Aaron Glenn would sit down, you know, sit down with me and some others and say, hey, you know, here's the things that you need to do this offseason, you know, work on this, work on that. You know, okay, you ran this, you know, do this, do that, you know, focus on this. They had that conversation with Trey Lance. Trey Lance knows what he needs to do to really improve his game and his areas and uh, from the mental aspect of it, so the game slows down, get more throws, reps, 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 throw with your guys, do all that. It's on him to come into a situation so a backup doesn't look better than him. And I don't think a backup will. Trey Lance is a special talent, but, hey, anything is possible. Can't let that happen. All right? Can't let that happen. 
Here we go. Got my guy Jerome. And he says, uh, they will be good. He's a film junkie, high IQ, canon, and athleticism. His future is bright. And that that I agree with. That I agree with. When, when it comes to Trey Lance, I think all those things are, are spot on. Uh, I think he is someone who uh, goes above and beyond to make sure that he gets the most out of himself. And it, it's just going to take time in the sense of him uh, getting more and more comfortable throwing the rock. All right, here we go. I got my guy. Let's see if Marcelo's back on. Marcelo? Marcelo, are you ready now? Yeah, yeah. What's up, Carl? I'm right. ready. I got you. What's good, man? What's good? Man, I was watching the images of the 49ers uh, driving to the NFC Championship game. And as I am a Brazilian, I I felt we, we don't have a lot of chance. You know, here in Brazil, in the soccer game, we have, we have a lot of chance. For, for the team, for support the team. And in the, especially in American sports, you don't have a lot of chance, you know, about singing something or something like that would be nice because the 49ers fans just look like Flamengo. And they are very passionate, but I don't know. Uh, the, that energy brings something different to the game, you know? I shan't something like that, uh, drums, you know. Just want to see what do you think about that. All right, so one, one more second. I mean, one more time. Can you just, uh, like, what, what, what's your question? Or what do you want me to you repeat that? Why, why, why in the American sports you don't have chance, you know, singing like oh, we have in soccer, okay, like, soccer like we game. have, yes. Why we don't have that? Like we don't have instruments, drums, something like to fire up, you know? That's, yeah, that's, you know, and I was wondering like, so they have it like Little League Baseball. The, the, but it's not even the fans really. It's a lot of it is, uh, you know, like the team and stuff like that. But I've been to a soccer game. I went to a Portland Timbers game out in uh, Portland. And it was so cool. Like, uh, okay, I'll bring you up on the on the big screen. Here we go. And it was yeah. so cool going to a Portland Timbers game because um, they were, I mean, they were singing and chanting like the whole time, you know, and I, I thought yeah. it was the coolest thing ever. And I don't know why they don't do that at NFL games. I feel like maybe they're not as passionate because I mean, you know, like soccer really is the biggest sport globally, right? Yeah. Is it soccer sure. that is to be? So like maybe there's just a, a you know, just a different, like vibe in the stands. I don't know. I hear, uh, you know, my guy right here says Jets have a chant, Eagles have a chant, but nah, like yeah, we need to have one about, too, man. But but I know, but but like Eagles and Jets, I'd say I'd say Eagles have the closest thing to it with the um, they have that song, right? The Eagles have a song, and then it finishes with E A G L E S Eagles, but they they have like yeah. a song. And I think that's yeah. what you're talking about. But when you go to a soccer game, and yeah, school from the Vikings. Yeah, we have whole songs here. Like, yeah, they got whole songs. The whole crowd, the whole yeah. crowd is singing damn near the whole game. And I thought that yeah. was, I mean, I went to the Portland Timbers game. I can only imagine in some of the other countries uh, how they do it. But yeah, man, they got to figure out a, to get figure out a way to get more fan participation in that stuff. Yeah, man, because we we like. The NFC Championship game, we took over the whole stadium. Imagine 
all the fans chance would be amazing. Amazing, amazing. Right. The, the aperture, like the, the buzz, we ju just like Libertadores here, when 49ers right. were, were to the airport. We need, we need to have more of that. You know, like the Niner game needs to have more chance. All right, well, I'm a, I'll, I'll make a yeah, call, call to somebody and see if we can it. make that happen. <laughs> we must. All right, I appreciate you coming on, Marcelo. Thanks, Trap. Uh, my my first name you said you didn't know how to pronounce because it's yeah. Portuguese. It's like John for you guys, João. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll put it on the screen so people can see it because they might not. <laughs> they're like, Croc, what are you talking about? You don't know how to pronounce the name. Hold on, let me see. <laughs> Is it up there? No, hold on. Yeah, it's just like John, no? Oh, I can't. I tried to put it up there, but it's not coming up. But all right, man, I appreciate you coming on, John. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Crocs. Thanks, right. everybody. Appreciate you. All right. all right, you have a good one. Hey, hey, Rico, you're not lying. College, first of all, so um, the, the, the LSU Tigers, they have a song called Neck that they sing. Has anybody heard? Has anybody heard that? The whole crowd sings it? All right, I'll tell you how it goes. All right, so the whole crowd, they're singing it, right? And they'd be like, oh, suck that tiger dick, bitch. <laughs> and the whole crowd is singing it at LSU. At LSU. I mean, they do it more than once. I mean, they keep going. So, uh, LSU, they got they they got their jet going. Those college games are wild, especially in the SEC. SEC college games, different. Suck that tiger dick, bitch. Yeah, they 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 say that they say that. Here we go. I got my guy J Law coming on. J Law, man, good morning. Thank you for uh, being patient. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Uh, oh, happy Tuesday. Yes, is sir. It, is it yet? Is it the draft? I'm ready for more Niners football. Oh man, I, uh, yeah. Draft draft season it, it is gonna go by fast, man. I, I feel like I, it's gonna go by fast. I know that's the crazy part, right? It's like these next three four months are gonna fly by, and we're gonna be right into next season. And yeah, I personally like. I'm a little worried about McDaniel's going to Miami. Like I always figured he was gonna be a head coach, but I don't know if I like him going to Miami. Um, but that's my personal opinion. And a lot of that has to do with all the drama that started over there. I like our coaches going, you know, notable places. Like, I really like seeing Sala go to New York. Like, maybe I would have preferred to be the Giants, but no offense to your old team there, Crocky. But, uh, you know, the Jets ain't really done nothing since, like, what, the 80s? So, now they stink, yeah. Like, it. it Hold on, Rex Ryan with the back to back AFC Championship games. I mean, that's something. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote our uh, our owner from the Niners. We don't celebrate championship games. Okay, okay, uh, okay. <laughs> like, you know, uh, no, nah, but for real, you're right. They did they did go to NFC championship games. Um, it's it's just interesting that they didn't do anything after that. But uh, I, you know, I'm I'm stoked that uh, that our defensive coordinator turned down more. Um, interviews that was that was a high of relief for myself because what he's done with the defense last season 
In my opinion, D'Amico Ryan was way more impressive than Sala was the three for what two years that he was the the defensive coordinator. So yeah. I think what D'Amico Ryan was able to do with the defense this previous season, in the midst of all the injuries, having to to basically play chess with his, his players. Uh, to, to mix and match and like pulling Ward all the way down and having him play in the slot or having him come up on press against freaking, uh, the wide receivers, like the dangerous ones. He put it, he did it against Adams. He did it against, uh, Cup. Like it's, it's awesome to see the different ways that he puts those cogs into play. Um, I really like the, growth trajectory for Fred Warner towards the end of the season. The beginning of the season was kind of like, where are you at, all pro Fred? Like, <laughs> we just paid you all this money, Don. Why aren't you out here doing nothing? But I think yeah. a lot of that has to do with, with him getting comfortable with, with Ryan's team um, and, like, seeing how he needed to be all pro Fred within that team. Uh, because what do we see towards – Towards the half the season and past that, like towards the end of the season, we started seeing all pro Fred. He was showing up, flying around the field, making making amazing tackles, uh, blocking passes, almost getting interceptions. Like, so I really like our current coaching staff, and I really like the the assistant head coach hiring that they did. I think that's a phenomenal thing. Why Why like, do you like it so much? Look, all right, so I'm going I'm to be real with you, Crocky. My lady was an ex-Chargers fan. She's a Niners fan, though. So let's, let's – like, so when when I saw that her old head coach was now going to be a Niners assistant head coach, that was like the, the cherry on the top for me. Like, hey, look, even your old team coming over to the Niners. Uh, but hey, hey, real quick, Anthony Lynn was not a bad head coach. I think a lot of people complained about some of the clock management type stuff at the end of games, but for the most part, he was he was not a bad head coach. That and that's literally like the only thing I could complain about with the guy is like his clock management. Everything else was great. Like he had a great presence in the locker room if you listened to the players. They loved playing for the guy. They did. They had no problem going out there and busting their ass for it. Like and his teams are really good teams. His running teams are fantastic, and that's what's the most exciting for me. No, no shade on McDaniels because his teams are great, and obviously they've done a job. We went to, what, two NFC championships in the last three years? So, yeah. like, obviously the team is good, but when you look at how – and I'm sorry, my brain is, is completely drawing a blank right now on, on his name, the, the new assistant tech, uh, the new assistant coach. Anthony Lee. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Lynn. Um, when you watch his teams going back to, to Herbert's, you know, first year, his rookie year in the league, like, the reason Herbert was so successful that year is because the, the run game was, was like a second to none type of run game. Everything was predicated off the play action. And that's what Shanahan wants to do. He wants right. to have the, the play action. He wants the deep crossing plan. He wants the one go route with Ayuk on the outside with, with, you know, uh, freaking Debo Samuel doing the orbit motion through the back 
to open up the left side with a cross back coming through the middle so Kittle can go deep. Like, he wants that shit. He wants it. And Anthony Lynn, I think, opens up the whole playbook for – I think he, he adds to the playbook rather okay. than just opening up the playbook. Do you think I he think, adds to the passing game? Because I think that's the biggest thing to, for, to me. I think – Adds to the play action game, and I think that's when we see the Kyle Shanahan magic. Like that's when we're going to see the the Kyle Shanahan prodigy. Like, oh, this is the guru everybody was talking about. But why do we say that now? Because of the play action. Like we have a quarterback that can actually throw it past ten yards. Like we have a, a quarterback that when they sell out. For the run, like Shanahan wants them to, okay, now we're going to make you pay and go deep. Like, that's, that's what the Niners were missing this year. The games that we, that the Niners lost were because the run game was completely stagnant. So when teams, when teams sold out on the run, unless the Niners just punched them in the mouth and got more physical and the other team went, oh, we don't like getting punched in the mouth. Like, they lost. They, 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 except for the freaking Green Bay divisional game, like that's the only game that we had a miraculous, like NFL God shined on us to have something happen. Because, look, Crocky, you you played in the NFL. When's the last time you watched a blocked field goal and a block block punt where one of them turned into six points? Right. No, never seen that. Well, in, well I, I mean, yeah, I was in the NFL, but I. I, I didn't play any regular season games, so you know. But yeah, I hear you though. But but you you dressed up, you you watched those yeah. games, you watched your team, you watched other teams, like you were in it, you were in the yeah. itch. So you like, and you never saw any of that. I ain't never seen that. I've been watching football for thirty plus years. I ain't never seen that. So like, there's one game I feel like I remember like a blocked field goal, return back for a touchdown, and, and some other crazy stuff. But, I mean, it, on, on the stage that that happened, you know, NFC, I mean, uh, divisional round playoffs, you know, and there was no offense, you know, really from both sides. Uh, I think that's what made that so unique. Yeah, you know, you're, you're 100% correct. Because with the way that that game started, with, you know, the Packers marching right down the field, and I don't know about you, but when that happened, I went, oh, we're, we're, yeah. we're going home. Like, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is going to make us pay for not picking him up in the draft. Like, this is the game that he's going to make us wish we had him as our quarterback. And, like, by the half, I was like, oh, maybe not. And then the, we got through the third quarter, and I was like, how are we still in this? And then the fourth quarter happened, and I was like, holy shit, we won. And yeah. Like, I I am beyond excited as a as a, a lifelong Niners fan for this next season. I can't wait for the draft to start. I was eating up every second of your mock draft the other day. Uh, I was listening to the the um you know the locked on NFL draft that you got going. Like, I tell you what, man, I am geeking at the possibility that this uh, Dakota State wide receiver even has the potential to end up with the Niners. Because I watched this that you were posting, and that kid just looks good. 
Like he yeah. looks good. Like, now, I think the question for him is how long is he going to last on the board? You know, uh, I think it, when the process started, he probably was a day three guy, you know, fourth, fifth round. But he went to the senior ball. Everybody, the consensus thought was that he was the best receiver there. Uh, so that's going to bump him up a little bit. And then, you know, his size, you know, he is 6'4", 211 pounds, and he's fluid. So that's going to bump him up a little bit. And if he goes to the combine and runs well, I, I still think he goes day two. But it's just, is he going to be a second-round guy or a third-round guy? You know, like, uh, those are some of the things that are going to start to come out. So, yeah, Christian Watson, that's what you're talking about. Uh, Trey Lance's yeah. old, old receiver who – we all noticed him for sure. Uh, when you watch anything from Trey Lance, he made so many plays. But yeah, he's, yep. he's terrific. Like it, I mean, you watch some of those those college highlights between him and Watson, and it's like he just puts it in the general vicinity of Watson. And Watson makes stupid like flipping catches into the end zone with one hand behind his back. It's just like, oh, how do you even like? What are you doing? And yeah. like Obi steroids, like. Watson and yeah, just watching him and the highlights that you were posting, man, like he was in in my opinion, and I'm not an educated football guy. I'm not I'm not you know uh, uh, a scout or anything like that. I just watch a lot of it. And he looked like the best wide receiver, possibly the best football player there at the combine or at, at, yeah. at the he, he was up there there were a few that were that really stood out but i would say top five player there he he was one of them who, who was that defense today because he was quick that you you want yeah so there's jermaine johnson who johnson. yeah he he bumped himself into the first round for sure i mean i've no, seen he, some marks now they have him going top 10 so he was a guy that wasn't a day one guy to start senior bowl I mean, he he blew the senior ball up. So, uh, yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely first round. I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, but man, yeah, I, I'm just stoked for next season, Rocky. I'm I'm stoked for like as a Niners fan, this is some of the most off season content I have ever been privy to. Yourself, yeah. <laughs> uh, your your old uh, podcast. Uh, that you transitioned from to Locked On, like Strike and Gold, because I'm still out there uh, listening uh, to him, too, every time Rob, he puts yeah. It. yeah, Rob, louder, man. He, you want to talk about about keeping it real, like, he just gives you, like, him and then, um, oh, what's the other one? Um, I don't know. I listen to so many different Niners podcasts. I can't <laughs> yeah. But, uh, like, it, I, I am chomping at the bit every morning I wake up to hear what you guys have to tell me about tonight. Like I, I legitimately cannot get enough of the content you guys are creating. So I want to thank you, Crocky, because your my wife says sometimes she feels like she needs to change her voice to your voice just to get my attention because in the morning. <laughs> Yeah. When she's getting ready for work and she's trying to talk to me, if I'm listening to you, man, like I ain't doing nothing else but listening to you and typing on my Google. Like yeah. I, I'm eating it all up. So thank you for the great A plus content that you and and all oh, of thanks, your. Man. I appreciate that. 
your, your other hosts and everybody are coming out with because it gives fans like myself, like, and I'm speaking about myself, a giddy excitement to, to listen to more Niners content. Even though I don't get to watch them play right now, the fact that I feel like I have an in on the information on what's going on with the team gives me a whole nother, like, sense of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> a, a pride. There we go. A sense of pride for the team. Like, because I know what's going on. Oh, oh yeah, I know. We just hired Anthony Lynn. He's, a, he's our assistant head coach now. And, oh, no, McDaniels is gone. And, and, and freaking D'Amico Ryan, he turned down that second interview. What, what, where we at? Like, like, you know, like, I feel like I, I'm in the know. Yeah. And, and like, I'm telling you, Josh, like, I just wanted to get to the draft already so we could get the preseason, we could get the, the summer practices and all that. Cause I just want to see Trey Lance. I just want to see him. I don't, I don't even care. Like, I just want to see him throw the rock, man. I, like, watching him in the Texans game gave me so much anxiety for next season. Like, good anxiety. Like, I just, yeah. I just needed to. I think, he, it, I think it, it showed that he's heading in the right direction, right? Like, that, that was what I took from it. Oh, 100%. I wasn't, like, after watching him in the Cardinals game, I was like, oh, boy, all right, we're here. Shanahan's right. He ain't ready. He need to practice. Yeah. <laughs> and then he came out the Texans game, and I was like, "Who is? Why isn't he starting? Like, yeah. what? Like that second half happened, and I went, ah, ah, this is what they were talking about. This is why Lance is is the guy next season because, man, he looked like some crazy cross between Josh Allen and and. Uh, uh, not Patrick Mahomes, but uh, oh my God, what's the other guy that got drafted? Deshaun Watson. He looked like this crazy hybrid per- person between those two guys. Like he was making that's high arms. praise. You know what I'm saying? I don't want I don't want to put that on him, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying though. I'm yeah. saying off the fourth quarter picture that I got when I was watching him sling that rock, get out of the pocket push through tackles, getting all these crazy things happening in the fourth quarter. I was like, okay, Lynn, like, I see you, bro. <laughs> like, you you out here doing things. Like, this is why the Niners traded the house to come and get you because because of playability like this. Like, this, the potential, you out of your bed? Okay. What, Tell the wife that? I said hello. Oh, we'll get over here. She's wearing all her Niners DK stuff. She she out here repping too. Say hi to Crocodile. How you doing? All right, love you. Um, but yeah, man. Like this next season, uh, the, this off season, like I know it's not a heavy quarterback class for the for the draft, but there's a lot of good players coming out of this draft. Like. I, everyone's talking about how it's not that heavy or anything like that, but if you look at some of the skill positions that are coming out, there's there's a few good wide receivers that are coming out. There's a few good running backs. That are hold, on, hold on, hold on, J Law. We we gonna get into all that, but we got we gotta save that for another show. All the all right. content. <laughs> all right, I appreciate you coming on. <laughs> all right. no, I, thank you, Rocky. <laughs>
All right. Yeah. Have a good one. All right. Shout, shout out to my guy, J-Law. That's what's up. Uh, before I get out of here, there was one thing I did want to touch on. I saw this comment here, and it says, uh, bruh, the Texans are ass. Why y'all keep bringing that up? Why why y'all keep, why y'all keep talking about that, bruh? That's we only saw Trey Lance twice, and that was one of the games, and he played well. So that's what people have to go off of. He did solid. Hell, you know I mean, you could do bad against a bad team. Jimmy Garoppolo looked like shit against the Seahawks, and they have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So uh, you know, it's he, he did what he was supposed to do. Talking about Trey Lance, did what he was supposed to do. And it was encouraging just to see him do what he was supposed to do. Because trust me, I watched a lot of football. And uh, I watched a lot of these rookies. And they don't always do what they were supposed to do. So, you know, you, you know, good good job by Trey Lance. That's the only thing that really people really have to go off of. That in the Arizona game. So that's why people bring it up. All right. So, yeah, it was good stuff by Trey Lance. Really good. Really good stuff. Appreciate everybody that's been in here, man. Uh, we had, you know, close to 300 for most of the time. If you haven't already, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Uh, Underdog Fantasy, I'm, I'm about to start doing a lot more stuff for Underdog Fantasy. So, you know, if you guys want to get involved in that, of course, uh, download the app, uh, Underdog Fantasy, or go to underdogfantasy.com and uh, use promo code Crocky. Use promo code Crocky. Got some more stuff going on with that, but uh, yeah. I'm going to have a show that's centered around that, and that's going to be really fun for everybody. So y'all know what it is, man. We're going to be back tomorrow morning, same time, same place, 6.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, shout out to y'all. appreciate all the contributions, everybody that contributed in the chat, everybody that came on to the show, everybody that uh, spent their morning with me. Until next time, we're out, man. Peace.